who's listening. But you won't know that unless you listen this far to the podcast, because we're not telling anybody. I was to the point where I was just, in my head, I was like, should I just go and get a job in Denver making six figures up there, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that? I really don't want to do that. I think my spirit would die a little yeah. bit, you know? So. I feel that to the core. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you think about entrepreneurship, it is a lot of nonsense. And a lot of times it's sometimes illogical with the things that you do or why you'd put yourself through all this pain to grow something, right? But it means something to you. It has your name on it, DOS Financial. And do you give advice to like whether a company should go LLC or S Corp? Have, have oh, yeah, I do. That's one of the easiest, biggest ways to save money on taxes is to make that switch to an S-Corp. Welcome to the Colorado Springs Business Podcast, where we discuss business principles and provide real-life insight into the lives of everyday business owners and entrepreneurs. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe or leave a review wherever you might be listening. Now, let's talk business. Well, welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. Today, we have on our show Mr. Brad Doss with Doss Financial. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we, we love this. We haven't had a lot of financial guys on the show before. Altitude Financial Planning. So, Rick. <laughs> and I run the bank. I'm responsible for everything that happens in the bank. I am a former financial advisor. I'm a best-selling author of two books on finance. I run a financial planning practice. So my business is with Five Rings Financial. So, yes, I was working for um, Thriving Financial. Okay. Um, um, but before we get into what you do, tell us a little bit about DOS Financial. Uh, yeah, so we are an accounting firm based in Pueblo right now, but I call ourselves a remote accounting firm because we have clients in, um, geez, I think almost 20 states now that we've worked with people. But um, I graduated from CSUP in 2016 with my accounting degree, started the company in, t- no, sorry, I graduated in 2014, started the company in 2016. Nice. So we're coming up on seven years now. We do, um, mostly we work with uh, business owners. Yeah. Uh, we don't do a ton of individual tax returns, but we do monthly bookkeeping, payroll, sales tax, um, and then obviously your year-end tax returns, but we also do proactive tax planning twice a year for all of our monthly clients too. So um, yeah, that's kind of DOS Financial in a nutshell for you. That's pretty cool. So, so we did a little bit of research on you on Pueblo Native, right? Yes, sir. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. So you yeah. grew up there. You haven't moved away before or anything like that? Nope, unfortunately not. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of, I, I, I do want to leave um, Pueblo at some point. Right. Um, I don't want to be a big fish in a small pond at some point, you know? Yeah. I'd rather be a big fish in a big pond, I suppose. Um, but uh, that's kind of why I want the accounting to be remote, too. Because I've noticed even my public clients, I don't see them. Yeah. So if I can get majority of my work remotely, then I can move wherever I want. Yeah, so. it's good. It's pretty good. I mean, I, as a, I have a marketing company. It's kind of the same thing. And it's Recon Marketing, right? They sponsor this show. Recon Marketing. Recon Marketing has been longtime sponsors of this show. And Marcus just said, one of our sponsors of the show. Yeah. Recon Marketing meet you where you're at in your business and helps you market your business. And you guys really take care of people's and businesses' marketing needs, whether it's SEO, content creation, web design, all that fun marketing stuff. You help businesses achieve their business goals through marketing. You become, you attach to businesses and become part of their business essentially, but you guys just purely focus on the marketing aspects, whether that's running ads, you got the team, you got the know-how, the skills and the resources to really take businesses to the next level with your marketing skills. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Back to what you were saying. 
um, have been able to spread our wings other places and it's been super nice but yeah um, we started as a as a company that met with and I don't know if you guys did this as well but we started meeting them in person that's how we started a company um, but as you scale things change and you got to kind of in this new world, especially post COVID, you gotta like be able to like, you know, hold a conversation, build culture virtually, I feel. Oh yeah, I think it's really important. And I've done the same, I, I would always meet in person, but with COVID, I definitely made a strong pivot. Um, and COVID happened in the middle of tax season, you know? So <laughs> oh, that right. was like a great time too. Um, so we made a strong pivot to that. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've made it to where 90, percent of my new clients are always phone call or zoom first mm -hmm. before we do any in person if they really want to but i've had clients for three four years that are in pueblo and i've never even met them in person so yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it is important it's a virtual world that's for sure yeah that's crazy so, so with with you finance so where did that come to be? You, I mean, obviously you went to school, you, you got a bachelor's degree, right? Yes. From CSU yeah. Pueblo. Mm -hmm. um, but like, where was the precipice to start uh, your career in finance? Um, I don't know. I've always been a math guy. Uh, I've always been like a numbers guy. I took, I don't think there's many accounting classes in high school, but I went to Pueblo's high school and we had one random accounting class that I ended up taking. And uh, I loved how everything just balanced. Like, I don't know. It's just something in me really appreciated how everything balanced and perfectly so when i went to college i was just a business major my first year and i was like i don't know i just maybe i'll do like business management and then um one uh, actually a professor a biology professor i was talking to that i knew um he was like what are you gonna manage he's like that's dumb just do something else and i was <laughs> like um okay well i took accounting one time so i'll just do that now and uh so i just went into accounting. I really enjoyed it in the, in, during college. Um, and uh, so I graduated in 2014. I started applying for accounting jobs mm -hmm. throughout the whole state and nothing materialized from that. I ended up, um, I ended up doing like kind of like a subcontracting work for one lady uh -huh. to help on a bigger accounting job down in Pueblo. And then she didn't want to deal with that job, so she gave it to another local accountant down there who who had 12 clients that he didn't want to deal with. So he essentially gave me those 12 clients, and I paid him X number, like 20% or whatever of what I was bringing in to take it off of his plate, and he was still doing taxes and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it all it all started, and uh, started with like the bookkeeping and the payroll stuff, and then got into taxes, and that's really where I find a lot more enjoyment now is the game of income tax and tax planning and stuff like that so yeah i'm sure it was baptism by fire i'm assuming because um when i was a, yeah, up and coming in marketing i did something similar i took on someone's book of clients and it was a challenge just kind of like okay you go from like kind of in practice or supporting somebody to like take it on and being client facing it's a it's like a whole nother game did you have some like crazy learning mistakes early on with yeah, that book I, of clients yeah i mean um it was nice i didn't make any like crazy account i didn't make any accounting i mean i made accounting mistakes but they were corrected immediately mm -hmm. because he was kind of still looking over everything um but it was weird you know uh meeting people like hi uh i know you didn't hire me but i'm now your accountant <laughs> like it's yeah it was interesting but um um yeah it's, it's worked out well i think of that initial 12 there's still a couple they're couple still around. around a couple of them i think two or three of them yeah so um, oh, man, that's awesome. It's, uh, I guess, doing something right. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else is doing something right? 
our sponsor, Planet Duct. Planet Duct offers air duct cleaning services to businesses across the Front Range, especially here in Southern Colorado. Here in Colorado Springs, Planet Duct is the premier air duct cleaning company on the streets. Planet Duct has been a longtime sponsor of this show, and in fact, he was just on an episode. You can go check that out to see how they've been doing and closing deals and seeing how he's been running his business. But that's not what this sponsor read is about. This sponsor read is about their business and how you can find them and use utilize their services. PlanetDuck.com is where you can visit if you want to find out more about Planet Duct and what they do. They can help you clean out your air ducts so that you can breathe that fresh mountain air. They're not just any air duct cleaning company. Brandon, the owner of Planet Duct, goes to conferences. He's on top of all of the regulations and the entire game of air duct cleaning. This guy knows what he's doing. So make sure to check them out. Now, let's continue to listen to this episode with Brad Doss. So did you start Doss Financial in 2016 as well? Yeah. So you've been around for seven years now. How has that progression, what does it look like today versus what it was in the beginning? Oh, it's it's like totally different, honestly. Yeah, I mean, um, the like I said, the starting out with those initial 12 clients, I think the guy that had initially gave me that opportunity, he didn't realize, he was thinking, oh, I need help. I'm just gonna hire a subcontract that I wanna pay payroll taxes. He really underestimated my entrepreneurial abilities to grow, I guess. Yeah. I would say, because I, I was over there with him for, we were in the same suite, different offices um, for four years, I would say. So I had a really small 10 by 12 room that mm. I was doing everything out of. And I had grown um, those 12 initial clients to probably around 25 or so. And uh, it was just too much work. I, yeah. I started letting people down because I had way too much on my plate to to manage all of that stuff. So mm -hmm. I realized I was like, I need more space. I need to move out and um, actually hire my own employees and stuff like that. Right. So we made that transition in 2020. COVID was a pretty crazy <laughs> year for me, um, the COVID year. Uh, we made that transition and now we have a bigger spot. I have three we have three employees all together um and we focus like i said pretty much only on business business owners right now 80 percent of our clients are business owners yes um so but uh yeah <laughs> lean and mean that's that that's crazy because you know especially during these times it's, i think it's more effective personally to have a more lean team who are just studs studettes, mm -hmm. you know, help you, you know, scale your business, especially in a world like what we live in today. I mean, Andrew have been really into like the AI and automation and all that stuff, but like yeah. that really has taken place of a lot of like growth and like having a bigger labor force behind you. Yeah. I don't, I, um, it's not, I, I love having help, but yeah. when you look at how much, how much people can get done when they are like a delegated a certain task for 40 hours a week, you can get a whole lot done is mm -hmm. what I'm learning like bookkeeping and all that would take me a long time, but that's because I would start bookkeeping and then someone would call me or email would come through mm -hmm. or something would come up. So, but when I have someone dedicated to doing bookkeeping, it's like they can knock it out a lot quicker. And then someone dedicated to doing taxes, they can knock those out a lot quicker without the interruptions and stuff like that. And yeah, initially I thought I might need more people, but I'm, what I'm running into now is I need more clients actually nice. right now. So it's a good problem to have. I think mm -hmm. it's nice to have the extra staff 
to grow instead of growing and then trying to bring in the extra staff is what what I've learned so far so yeah I think that um so it's it's interesting because you know you're talking about like getting out of college and then like building a book or I guess having a pre-existing book of clients to scale it to like double the size of the book you initially had um, and then getting employees like those are huge jumps especially if necessarily entrepreneurship wasn't something you planned in the first place was that always something you wanted to do is be like a your own boss um not like not really i've yeah. i've always done things on the side to make more money um and throughout college i worked part-time at walmart but i was also buying and selling uh buying fixing and then reselling cell phones oh, and awesome. i was making more money doing that and so i kind of have always had had that uh that entrepreneurial side of me mm -hmm. but i always imagined okay i'll go get an accounting job make good money for a while save as much as i can and then maybe see what kind of other business ventures might open up and and do something like that i never anticipated actually owning an accounting firm um but uh it, i think it's worked out for the best it's a pretty good combination actually and uh you know right now i'm in the transition of going from business owner or self-employed to actually business owner and that's that's a weird transition to make a lot of learning in that um be, being a self-employed person and and mm -hmm. just you work you you own your job not really own your business mm -hmm. versus owning a business it's a hard night, transition night and day mm -hmm. difference yeah what do you think is the big challenge on that um for me it's uh letting go i think of the tasks basically at hand i i just watched a podcast with you guys recently with uh, uh planet duct i think oh, yeah. um and he kind of mentioned that like you have to let your employees make mistakes and not have you know don't fire them right away i have very high standards so uh for me to turn stuff over to other people and and give them authority and give them space to to do what they know is right it, it was very hard to do that mm -hmm. because i was like oh man uh, we get the idea if i'm not doing it you know it's not going to get done right That's last which thing, is yeah. extremely arrogant mm -hmm. yes it is know? yeah it really uh, is also if I don't uh, let go of the reins, let somebody go go out there, they don't have the opportunity to fail or to make a mistake and then learn from it. Mm -hmm. And before it's like, oh, we can't afford any mistakes. We can't afford any failure. Well, that means you can't afford to learn. Mm -hmm. And that's once once I got grasped that concept, I was like, okay, I need to develop my people. I need to let them fail without mm -hmm. consequences. You know, the old brand, it would have been like, you know, you screw something up, you know, uh, you, you're going to feel my wrath. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I've, I've really uh, mellowed out to the point where I can let people take that. I mean, yeah. And I've those severe mm -hmm. consequences, let them learn. And for me, it was it was really hard to do that. Um, I was just, you know, well, this is how I've been doing it. And, and, you know, like I didn't have anything down on paper, too. So it was even hard trying to get what I knew how to operate the company down on paper so someone else can can do it. And actually, I, I had systems in place, but I never put them out. They were always, all the systems were in my head. Mm. So transitioning, getting those systems out, and, uh, and then you have the ability, once they're actually out and operating with other people, then you find the flaws in those systems. So it's that transition of uh, just delegating properly, getting the systems 
two other people mm-hmm. and kind of fine tuning the systems and um, I, SOPs. Mm-hmm. What, <laughs> oh yeah, stand, our operating procedures. Yeah. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, um, it's uh, it's like nine day difference too. I'm used to like okay, like I'm an accountant and now I'm like a manager and I'm like hey, I review taxes but I don't do a ton of taxes. I do more tax planning. I review bookkeeping, but I don't do any bookkeeping really. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's weird. You have to deal with things like employees calling off now, and so <laughs> didn't have that problem. You know, I was never had a management position at any time in my life either. So just learning on the fly over here. <laughs> nice. Sounds like you've done a really good job of it, and it sounds like um, I don't know if you've like been able to like learn yourself through you know exploring different things on the internet or if you've had like a specific mentor in your life that's helped you you know kind of put yourself in direction of like okay now this is the time where you know I start delegating and let folks make their own mistakes and be a leader essentially so I can scale this thing out is there been any types of mentors any types of like other business owners leads you can be able to lean on because for us like we were kind of a community over here like I mean, us specifically, me, Andrew, Edgar behind the camera, and like a couple other like friends who are also entrepreneurs, Brian Rosmanth as mm-hmm. well. He's one of our good friends um, who's also one of your clients. But anyways, we lean on each other and then we kind of get the insight from one another as well. And then there's also some, maybe some mentorship or friendship, friendorships that go into that as well. But I didn't know if you had any of that as well. Um, one That's one thing that I really need to explore more. And it's kind of what I'm learning. And it's another reason why I was excited to do this podcast because I do want to start networking more with people in Springs because Pueblo is such a self-employed town. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of really good friends down there that are self-employed, not necessarily business owners. And what I'm learning is everyone I am talking to and hanging out with, I can't come to them with like, hey, employee problems or something like that Mm because they don't have employees, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Um, that's something that I've recognized recently in the last probably three or four months. Like mm-hmm. I kind of need to scale up some of my relationships with people that, um, just have more experience in where I want to bring the company and where I'm at too. Because right now in my, my close circle, I'm kind of, I would feel like I'm maybe the mentor almost, you know what I mean? And I don't really want that role. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I want to, uh, you know, meet with, meet with other people that have done what I want to do kind of thing. So yeah, it's, uh, Springs is 30 miles apart, but big difference mm-hmm. when it comes to business. Is what and it then just like. 30 miles up that way. It's even bigger. Whole nother, whole nother thing. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're going up stages or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you get to Cheyenne and you're back down to yeah. level. level. Nah, <laughs> yeah. But that's important to have people who you're learning from as well as people that you're teaching. I think it's, it's good to have both. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think that, that that's a smart move to, to try to pursue that for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it is good to have both. And right now, I just I don't have both. It's like, you yeah. know, that's the one the one downside. So I'm kind of just learning as I go. I mean, I like I wouldn't say mentors, but you know, just like podcasting and internet information stuff mm-hmm. like that's kind of the best I'm going off of now. But they're um, mentors too. They're just they just it's a one way relationship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feels a little different. You know, yeah. Wait for their <laughs> podcast to drop or whatever you mm-hmm. know. So, um, who's but, who, who's some people you're listening to? Uh, right now I've been listening to 
Bedros Koulian. I don't know if you've heard of him. You need to mind your own business. Is he an accountant, an accountant or just business? No, just, I don't know. He's just like some meathead guy. Some... Cut to a clip. Here's a radical idea for you. Ditch your loser friend. Raise your standards. Stop making excuses. Wake up earlier. Make more money. Exercise more often. Judge less and be kind. Um, he's pretty cool man i I like him he's just kind of like i I resonate with with what his message is um being a father to me so i have a a two-year-old son and uh anyone who's listening i'm having a kid on the way but you won't know that unless you listen this far to the podcast because we're not telling anybody so uh, congratulations so man. yeah thank you um so cut my wife clip. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut this clip put it in the front of the video um so being a father to me is like super important and having that father business owner kind of collaboration so so bedros kind of has said a lot of stuff that makes sense to me there's also i i love finance so i listen to the money guy show i don't know if you guys have heard of them or not you got get wealthy activities and then you got stay wealthy activities they are financial planners based out of t- tennessee nice. they're kind of by dave ramsey I was gonna say so. dave ramsey's territory over there yep, yeah yep they're kind of infringing on him um so money guy show is pretty cool and then uh, a lot of uh like psychology podcast, I guess. So okay. I've been very intrigued on how the the mind works yeah, without I love, you I love knowing that stuff too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good as a leader to to, to have that as well you mm-hmm. know, to understand like you know, different perspectives because we're all so different, you know, and you can't approach everybody in a blanketed way, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And, and to learn like how your body reacts to different things that you don't even you don't even know. I initially started doing that for parenting and mm-hmm. relationships and stuff like that, but. um it, it works in everyday life. You're like, oh, I'm irrationally angry at this person or I'm eating a donut because that guy was going five miles an hour on the highway or something. Like, oh, you know what sure, I yeah. mean? Like you just learn a lot of this cool stuff. So um, I've been really digging psychology. Lately. That's cool. Nice. That's really cool. I One thing that I've, I've learned, um, I guess, earlier on to like having employees and having a team at, and you could take this for, you know, with a grain of salt, but I've always found that like having one-on-ones with your team, even if it's like, it just depends how new the te- team is, but you get a gauge of like how also they're, com- how committed they are to your brand. If you have your own brand and you have that, not that many employees, like that to be pretty well vested into it, right? Because I'm sure it's like, you're still a firm that's growing. They can try to go work somewhere else, but they're, they're bought into you and your vision. And so that's really cool that they're, you know, vested in you. And so, like, I like to do one-on-ones with them just to, you know, get a gauge not only, like, work-wise, but also, like, you're building a relationship with them as your employees, too, as a leader. Yeah, definitely. How often are you doing one-on-ones with your... It just depends on how new they are. Like, with the... So, I do a festival every year, like, annual event. So, I don't really, like, gear into, like, having a team for that until, like, the last, like, it's, like, 90 days prior to the festival. Mm -hmm. So, then I'll do it, like, weekly with all of them, just, like, one-on-ones and stuff like that. But, like, even just around here, I like to have some one-on-one time with Andrew and Edgar and whatever we're doing, working together. And then we have one employee for Recon who's full-time, and it's at least a one-on-one a week still with him. Obviously, schedules are crazy. You you just do the best you can. But the more, like, you know, small one-on-one times, even if it's 15, 20 minutes once a week, it goes a long way because you kind of get – so much from that conversation, you know, where they're at, what they're thinking, 
you know, maybe something that they're trying to ask you, but they haven't had the time because they think you're too busy. It's just all those different things that go into that, you know? Yeah, no, that's definitely great advice. Because I've been doing quarterly, like one-on-ones. quarterly one-on-ones. So I think it makes sense. They in the office if, with you? Uh-huh, nice. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty small office, so we kind of chit-chat. But to have, like, dedicated yeah, time yeah. to outline time of, like, hey, what's going on? Because... I have done quarterly ones and I have gotten a lot of information. I never thought of like, Hey, maybe I should do this more often. So <laughs> yeah. And like quarterly ones are usually like more focused around like performance too. And yeah. Like it's more of like a plan thing of like, they have to prepare, you know, mentally for like, okay, here's your performance. Here's that. Like, but for this, it's like, Hey, let's go grab a coffee real quick. You know, let's mm-hmm. run down the street, go grab a cup of coffee. You know, how's the kids, how, whatever, you know, like that's yeah. the type of stuff that like really builds bonds. No matter what, we're always like, people are always the, the fundamental part of a business because we're social animals, man. We have to connect with one another. So when you do that, I felt, I've, I've felt that it's helped a lot, you know? Yeah, no, I think that I could definitely see that benefiting huge. You were saying like keeping employees around, like it is hard. That is hard. Uh, like currently one of my employees right now, who's, who was helping me heavy with taxes, he is actually taking another job at a, he's basically gonna be an in-house accountant for a larger company mm-hmm. um so he's gonna come back during tax time and basically just work 40 hours a week um between the two jobs so that works but uh it is hard to you kind of have to have a i guess that's another challenge that i've seen is like if you can't offer full-time hours and benefits and stuff like that too you have to have something else to keep them interested <laughs> you know what i mean something that that makes him bought into your brand for sure. Yeah. Is he, would you consider him an A player? Like he's an A employee, A like. Oh yeah. Yeah. He reminds me so much of me. Like. Yeah. So good, proactive, self-starter kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's like, um, you know, he's not like, if something holds him up, what I love is just not, oh, I just got to wait to ask Brad and figure it out. He, he'll either, well, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to use my resources and make a note of it. And when I see him, we'll bring it up and go over it. Or it's way past my realm. I'm just going to skip to something else. It's not, you know, it's, it's, um, and he's just not scared to work either. That's what I like about it. A lot of people are saying, Oh, I want, I want more hours. I want more money and stuff like that. But when it comes down to the time to actually work and work effectively, like that's not really what they want. They just want you to give them money, give them more hours, you know, so they have more money, but, um, you know, I don't know. He's still vested in you. You said though, right? He said he's coming back next. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. I told him, you know, uh, he's really wanted a standing desk. So I say, I'll have you your standing desk here in in January when you come back, you know, little stuff like that. So we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, he, he, he is thinking about moving, too so that's kind of another benefit of the remote accounting firm side of things is i guess could technically have remote employees i don't know how well that would work but i don't know if you guys have any experience in that <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh, <laughs> we both do actually with that part for sure yeah uh we've got a guy in the philippines rowan ed- ed- editing this probably so <laughs> nice. shout out to rowan yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> it, it's, it's a hard thing because i mean especially with remote it's you don't want to, I found that working remote works for me, but I have to have for me specifically certain protocols I have to do. So I'll work from home my first few hours of the day. Cause then I'm in my flow state at home, but then I have to transition my settings to 
And I've always been this way where I have to like go to a coffee shop. Now I have an office. I just come to the office and work, you know, for the remainder of the day. But like I have to do certain things to not be that type of person working remote where I'm like, oh, let's run a load of laundry. Oh, let's, you know, clean the house. Oh, let's do it. Like those types of things hit me a lot. And so I have to figure, I for me specifically, if I was an employee of a business, I would have to like get those precautions in check and, and understand that like my productivity has to have a certain type of way for myself. So everybody's different. And like in this video or not this video, this virtual world that we live in where we don't have to be in the same working space is a challenge, man. It's, it is a challenge. So those are definitely things that will hit your radar if they haven't, if you have some remote folks. Working yeah. For you. I think it might be coming soon. So, yeah. So definitely, uh, yeah. Whole new, whole new set of challenges. I'm sure come along with that. So is we, there any AI tools for finance, uh, financial, uh, bookkeeping and stuff like that? I mean, mm. probably nothing that I've seen. Maybe not hasn't I, been created yet either. Yeah, I was going to say, I did see like um, they had they had the chat GTP, GPT try mm-hmm. to take the CPA exam and stuff like that. And I guess it did pretty poorly on that. Oh, okay. But um, I mean, taxes are going to, I feel like taxes are very automated. That's also why... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't really want to do individual taxes because that side of thing, I mean, that's pretty much been automated already for the majority of people. You have a W2, you take a picture and it uploads it and TurboTax sends it off. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that is kind of already been taken care of. Um, My, what I think would be a cool AI, which might be hard to do would be you, you, because you have to know the tax codes, but mm-hmm. then you also have to know their situation. So you'd have to mesh those two somehow yeah. together to know where that benefits. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm trying to work on uh, like 10 step tax kind of thing, something I can put in place and put out there and go through every client. Cause I already go through certain stuff to be proactive at taxes already, mm-hmm. but to get it down and, and kind of the majority of things, but then it's, it's changing mm-hmm. every year too. So you kind of always have to know. I yeah you can keep it updated I, though like you can tra- mm-hmm. you can create a, a chat bot that's trained on all that data and then it take and it, it will automatically go through those 10 steps with with the client I was, mm-hmm. that's what that's my first thought <laughs> yeah yeah I, I definitely think it's something that I need to look into more because um, like the actual filing of the taxes I mean that will probably be all compute all AI or whatever mm-hmm. you know very soon it's gonna be how do you proactively do things in your life to generate certain expenses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that that AI probably, I guess it could it could give you the advice to do it, but then you actually have to go and, you know, put your kids on payroll or whatever, mm-hmm. or cut the, the rent check for your house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to, yeah, to get something to just, all right, here's a list of what you need to do for the next six months to help your taxes and so yeah. on and so forth. Based off the information you've given it mm-hmm. or they've, they've given it. Yeah. 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 And we're actually working on building things like that for businesses as a service. So, really? Yep. Well, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I think that would be, I think that would be awesome. You know, right now, all of our monthly, all of our monthly clients, we meet with them around this time, July, August, we basically, we're kind of like CFO services twice a year. We go through, we look at all their profit and loss, their balance sheets, but we'll also look at their overall tax situation if they have kids or spouse's income. So we look at their income, um, estimate where we're at tax-wise, 
see where we're at business income wise and make you know strategic adjustments to whatever Mm. we need to in the middle of the year and then we do it again november december time before the year's over um to, to kind of do a lot of the same stuff yeah and so to have something that's just consistent you know that would be if there's patterns like that, that say like you're looking at the books of of a, of, of a company and there's patterns that you always do like if this company's doing this we always do this certain things like that like you could automate like yeah. you can put all those even even all like their numbers in their books like on a spreadsheet and then connect that spreadsheet to GPT and they do there's so much amazing stuff that data I've been mining learning. right yeah. that's really what it is data mining one specific person right but yeah not just data mining but uh analyzing actually using gpt to analyze what's going on and then you can train uh a model like that not a model but i guess you could say a model but you could train it specifically like this is the data like here's the columns for on the spreadsheet so when you look at all this stuff if it hits these if it if it hits these like thresholds then do this uh, or if it hits these thresholds, then do this, you know? And yeah, so that there's oh. a lot of exciting opportunity there, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, even just like the most basic things, like put in like, okay, here's W2, here's profit and loss. What's their tax liability gonna be? Yeah. I mean, that, I'm sure it would do- it Match could, it with code. Could do that five <laughs> times quicker than me having to, okay, here's this bracket, here's this bracket, mm-hmm. and then let's take off kid credit, take off. So, you know, stuff like that. It yeah. would, make the process a lot simpler that is one thing that is like a big issue is is it's not necessarily putting a tax plan on paper but it's then following up with all my clients like hey don't forget to do these things yeah yeah you know what i mean what's funny is you could have it do that what i just said with ai and then you can also have it send it back to gpt to write an email and then send that email (laughs) to your client even automate that part <laughs> send it every two weeks so, you know I mean? oh, yeah. yeah and it would write a custom yeah. email too so it's not doesn't mm-hmm. look like it's it's like a template or if it doesn't look canned like email it's or something. yeah a canned email yeah 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 shoot i mean even if it is a template we've been using that a lot for mm-hmm. most of our clients we have access to their bank sign-ons and stuff either we create a, a separate one or whatever so we can pull their statements but some people they send us in their bank statements and stuff every month so just even having the automation of, of a template email saying, hey, it's mm-hmm. the first, send us your statements. Like that's, yeah, yeah, for sure. that's been pretty effective. So mm-hmm. I could only imagine what, you know, more powerful tools like that could do. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time and, and like, we're, um, we're actually like p- pivoting, not just pivoting, but video like plus uh, AI services on top of that, you know? So like, cause video in a lot of ways does automate certain processes in your business already. Like that's the, like sales processes. Like when you, when you're introducing someone, like you can automate like your personality essentially in your sales process with video, but you can take that a step further by using AI tools that we can connect through APIs and connecting it like with code and just smart applications of using these tools that have to be customized on an individual basis. So yeah, I'm really pumped about that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I'm kind of pumped about it too, just yeah. talking to you. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've done a lot of the social media thing and I've learned like, you can't just put out, you can't just like make content and then just post it and be like, oh, I'm gonna be famous soon or something like yeah, that. There's yeah. so much strategy mm-hmm. behind doing that. I'm sure the more tools that you have yeah. and the more knowledge you have, um, you know, and like, it's your goals too. It's your goals that are, that are important because maybe your goal isn't to be famous, but your goal is to get f- three more clients in the door. You don't need to be mm-hmm. famous for that, you know? You yeah. just need to get it in front of the right people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, 
that's something I want to talk to you about maybe then. Hell yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I always tell my wife, I'm like, I want to grow on social media because I want to get more remote clients. It's easier to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't know why, I don't, I don't know why you want to be famous. And I was like, I don't want to be famous. I was yeah. like, if I have 10,000 <laughs> followers and 1% of those become clients, mm -hmm. like that's a lot of money. Like that's yeah. not, you know e what e I mean? Even 100 followers and, you know. 10% are clients, yeah. that's pretty good still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's the cool thing about having employees though, is I've, I'm like just now really entering this world of like, my goal is now to grow the company. Yeah, business like, owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. The goal, what previously was get all my work done. Now the goal is the work is done. I need more work. I need to grow the company strategically, mm -hmm. get tools strategically, market strategically advertise and not just yeah post random stories twice a week and that, that can i mean that's also helpful because it helps you stay in front of people's minds mm -hmm. um you know I, I posted a photo recently of me holding a camera and i've had a few people just reminded reminded them like hey i'm here you know this is what i do and i had a few people reach out just because of that you know so yeah a couple people not a few and i <laughs> i think in my world is uh we get such a higher influx during tax season obviously mm -hmm. people are like oh I made a ton of money last year and I don't have an accountant. So um, to stay fresh on people's mind in those summer months and fall months when no one cares about accounting and taxes, I think that's a big goal, especially, yeah. you know, ramping it up November, December time. Cause you see all the commercials like TurboTax and H&R right. Block, like their commercials mm -hmm. skyrocket. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they're, they're a month before taxes are even starting and you're seeing tons and tons of advertising. Um, and they just stay fresh on people's mind. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, putting together a, a, a legitimate marketing strategy is definitely a goal for this year for me nice. going into next tax season. So, Did you see uh, – you said you've seen a couple episodes. Did you see Levi Torres's episode? He was the plumber. I haven't, no. He's – Unbelievable! One, he's like built a business where it essentially works for itself too, and it's scaling and it's doing all these things. But now he says, like, pretty much one of his main jobs is just to be on podcasts and essentially just build the brand and build the name, um, and essentially just build the brand awareness of what he's doing and what makes him different, and so on and so forth. And that's just like that's a really big goal for business owners, right? Like, just mm -hmm. to be able to like work on their business in a way that's like strategic. And what would you do if you had all the time in the world just to make sure that your business is getting put on the map? And it's, you know, well-known and all these different things. And he's at that point. And it's just a really cool, inspiring story from someone from a small town like Alamosa, I think he's from. In San, Colorado. San Luis Valley. Yeah, probably Alamosa. Yeah, it's the same yeah, area. Right there, yeah. So, yeah. I'll have to check it. I'll probably listen to it on the drive home, yeah, honestly. It's, really, it's a good one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he blew us away. He was mm -hmm. he was unbelievable. A lot of good uh, information. He Some value, I think, he was putting in, into that, like, from, from some wisdom of doing running his business. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, that's the goal, you know, more podcasts. I've had such a good, uh, uh, conversion rate of doing like speaking seminars for, you know, groups of 20, 30 people. Nice. So I go to, you know, real estates or, uh, barbershops. I've done barbershops, stuff like that. And just yeah. sit down and talk to everybody. I've had a, so the more of those things I can do, I know that that's gonna, well, in the past, it's definitely yielded good results, you know, of converting people into clients and stuff like that so the more time i have to do that i feel like the better mm -hmm. less working in the business more working yep. on the business yeah there's a, a good book about all that <laughs>
Michael Gerber defines the e-myth as the myth of the entrepreneur. Its roots are in the romantic belief that small businesses are started by entrepreneurs, when in fact, they are not. People who start their businesses, hairdressers, graphic artists, plumbers, accountants, were first working for somebody else, doing technical work. Suddenly stricken with an entrepreneurial seizure, the idea of being your own boss, doing your own thing, they fall victim to the fatal assumption that if you understand the technical work of a business, you understand a business that does the technical work. The author reveals why knowing the technical work of their businesses becomes their greatest single liability. The technician suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure takes the work he loves to do and turns it into a job. Suddenly, the job he knew how to do so well became one job he knows how to do, plus a dozen others he doesn't know how to do at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's like from that book is working, stop working in your business and on your business, mm-hmm. kind of getting out of that, not stop, but but how to get out of that and like, because when you're stuck in that, you are like self-employed and you're not a business owner, you're more of a, a freelancer and you, you're basically a slave to your business as a job, you know, <laughs> and like you're not growing it. And that's a, a spot that I think a lot of uh, business owners get trapped in. Yeah, they do. And that's where I was probably last year around this time, I would mm-hmm. say. And that's kind of what made me bring on, grow my team a little bit and stuff like that and, and start making different moves. Cause that is how I felt. And I was like, I have a, a, a son, I have a wife at home who's busy taking care of everything. I'm owning a business. I'm supposed to have time and money. I have no time mm-hmm. to enjoy anything. You know, it's, I'm an accountant and it's August and I'm working 12 hour days because no one, I'm the only one doing it. And mm-hmm. it's just, I was at, I was to a point where I was just in my head. I was like, should I just go and get a job in Denver making mm-hmm. six figures up there? You know, something yeah, like yeah. that. And, uh, I told her, I was like, I really don't want to do that. I think my spirit would die a little yeah. bit. You know, <laughs> so, I feel that to the core. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, but, uh, I told her, I was like, well, we're going to go for it. 23, 24, like we're going to really go for it. Cause worst case scenario, I'll just scale back mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I really want to, but, um, yeah, you, you know, and a lot of people would get, get stuck in that if they want to keep growing. But then what I've noticed too, is a lot of people that I work with, like in Pueblo specifically is that's all they want. So, I mean, that work that works great for them. Like their goal is make enough money to pay all of the bills, um, have a car payment you probably can't afford and then, uh, mm-hmm. have time off. You know what I mean? So security. Yeah. yeah they just security. want the security. They, they don't have much growth. Um, ambition and stuff like that to like grow the company in that sense and so i think most people don't i mean it's that's most people i think that they, they not everyone has the ambition that entrepreneurs has i think most people don't actually <laughs> so yeah 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 they do and it's just it's they don't have that that same like growth mm-hmm. but they're own the business or they're self-employed you know what i mean so it is kind of like in my head I when I see those people now I'm just like why don't you just go get a job (laughs) yeah yeah but Mm -hmm. but you know that's just uh different mind states I suppose you got a lot of ambition man that's good yeah that's that's really important and it's it's hard to relate to people when you have that type of ambition because how are they going to relate to you if that's not something that they even see out of their life right they just want the security and maybe their ambitions lie somewhere else than just you know building something like for sure they can be creative in their own way or just like that some people just want the financial security so they can have their brain power course go towards something else. Mm-hmm. And so we're all different. I always say like a lot of entre- entrepreneurs are like modern day explorers, you know, like back in the day, like those explorers who like hit the ocean and like all the, like the craziness of like thinking of that way, you know, back then, like, why would you ever want to do that? We have everything here. Like, why would you want to like explore the ocean? Like sounds like nonsense, <laughs> but 
if you think about entrepreneurship, it is a lot of nonsense. And a lot of times it's sometimes illogical with the things that you do or why you'd put yourself through all this pain to grow something, right? But it means something to you. Like it has your name on it, DOS Financial. It means yeah, something. yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. I love that actually. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. So I have a, a quick financial question because yeah. I've a, uh, do you give advice to like whether a company should go LLC or S Corp? Have, have you oh ever, yeah, I do. That's like. I have one S Corp, mm-hmm. um, but like for our audience out there, like describe um, maybe like when the time is for like an LLC to, to go to S Corp. So First folks, of all, are you a financial advisor? No. So. Can you? This is not a financial advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you just I'm, have to say it on the camera, right? I'm not a financial advisor. This is not whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, ha- I <laughs> don't do what I say. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think legally it really matters. But Joe Schmo perspective. Kind of like yeah, yeah. The 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 main difference really is like what your net income is on that business, not bringing in, but what your actually net income is after all of your expenses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's some there's that's not like the end all be all, but that's a pretty good idea because um, <clears throat> when you're an LLC, what happens is your net income at the end of the year. You pay income tax on it, but you also pay self-employment tax on it. That self-employment tax is 15.3%. Normally that's split when you have a W-2 job, but self-employed, you pay it all. Mm -hmm. So in a scenario where you make $50,000, you're paying 15% self-employment tax, plus you're paying whatever your income tax rate is with all of your other income added up. Maybe maybe you're in 12% bracket, maybe you're in 22. So a lot of times you can be close to 50% when you add in state, federal, and self-employment tax. When you switch to an S-Corp, what happens is you become a W-2 employee inside of your company and um, you then take W-2 pay, that pay you pay your 15% on, and then everything above that, that's net income, you take as a distribution, which is not considered earned income, it is so it's not taxed at self-employment rate so you don't pay your 15.3 percent so the key is is where where is the switching point to where you're saving more money on self-employment tax than it costs to operate an s corporation a lot of times it's somewhere between 40 to fifty thousand dollars of net income is where it makes sense to where you can run a meaningful salary in the irs's eyes and pay the additional cost of operating an S-Corp and still make money saving it on taxes. So um, to operate an S-Corp, you have separate tax return. So that is an additional fee. And then you also, if you're not already running payroll in that company, you have to have some kind of payroll, either software or pay someone to run payroll and pay all your taxes monthly on yourself as the, the, um, W-2 employee. So that comes with an additional cost too. So once that cost outweighs whatever taxes you're saving, that's when it makes sense. Um, generally it's like 40 to $50,000 and you can, you can usually save two to three grand a year. And then the more you make, the more you save. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's essentially your W-2 income in the IRS's eyes needs to be a reasonable salary for that position. So if you were to scale a company and you're making $400,000, you have to kind of determine how much of this $400,000 is made based off working in the company versus on the company. Because the money working in the company is all you have to run payroll. 
So, I mean, it's very feasible. You might be making of that 400, maybe your salary is only a hundred or 120. So you're saving 15% on 200, $300,000 every single year. So, um, that's the, that's the main kind of breakdown of that. I love that. And that's why people need accountants right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Company structure is like one of the easiest, biggest ways to save money on taxes is to make that switch to an S corp. Can you switch that? When can, when can you switch for that? So officially you're supposed to make that election, um, switch before March 15th of your current year. Now, there you can late file up to three and a half years after actually if oh, you're wow. operating as an s corp still so we've i've we've done it all with a lot of people as long as you're llc and you have an EIA number in place you can file for that late election i've never had them reject a late election filing before um but we we do take advantage of that if if we have a client who we're like, we're not really sure what you're going to make. You might, you're kind of on the cusp. We'll wait until like the middle of the year. We meet in that tax planning and be like, oh, you're definitely going to be over. Let's send in the 2553 form to switch you over and stuff like that. And then it will switch you over middle of the year, but it's retroactive. So nice. I think I, I like it too, because it also helps me, like me, um, like proof income, like with the W two mm-hmm. in certain instances too. Mm-hmm. That's important, and so that's yeah. that's helpful for I mean a lot of things, right? You know, loans, mortgage, whatever you're trying to you know obtain, um, has been super helpful for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's how eighty percent of our companies are structured as S corps. Auto loans, just here's my W two. Mm-hmm. I don't even mention I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, they yeah. ask for my W two. Well, here it is. Um, Mortgages, they're still going to deep dive into everything, but it does make the process a bit more simple mm-hmm. having that W-2 for sure. And there's even some some cool benefits to paying in your taxes through W-2 versus quarterly payments. So if you're paying in quarterlies, uh, you have to, and if you say you don't pay your first quarter payment, and then at the end of the year, the IRS is going to look and say, oh, you should have sent us this much money in first quarter. You're going to get an underpayment penalty. Mm-hmm. When you pay it in through W-2 income, they don't take into consideration. They just assume, they just calculate that income tax withheld on your W-2 as spread evenly. So technically you can pay zero into your federal income tax all year and then on December 31st run a really big paycheck and pay all of your income tax at one time and you won't get any underpayment penalties. Wow, that's crazy. So there's kind of some cool little stuff like that that you know helps people. It's good to know. Utilize utilize <laughs> that money for a whole year, basically tax free or not tax free, but interest free, kind of. You know, so there's some tricks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clip that. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for someone who's you know six or seven years younger than you who's thinking about opening their own um, firm, you know, their own financial firm? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, um I would say educate as much as you can learn as much as you can it's it's always changing so stay on top of it a lot of accounting firms i think i feel like accounting is kind of an older um occupation anyway and i think a lot of accountants that are in their 50s and 60s is not really staying up to date with a lot of the different laws and they're kind of a little bit behind so the more educated you can be the better and don't wait to hire people mm-hmm. if you actually need it. 
hire fast, promote faster, and something else. I forget what the saying yeah. was, but uh, um, but yeah. So maybe get rid of like the ones that are not good. Right yeah, too. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. Like fire fastest. Yeah. I've, I've always heard. I can't remember. Yeah, it was uh, Ryan Serhan. I don't know. He's a real estate, big real estate guy. He uh. said something in his video. I can't think of what it was. Yeah, hire fast. Mm-hmm. Promote faster. Losers. Hire fast. Fire faster. Promote fastest. You are made up of the people you keep. I think Gary V said something, something very like similar. Yeah. I've got really good hiring advice. Learn to fire fast. You guys have your ego tied up in your hiring. You think you're so good at hiring. And then you hire somebody and they're shit, but you may pretend they're not because firing them admits that you were wrong. So it's your own ego that's holding you back. My ego is only balanced by my humility. I hired somebody for hundreds of thousands of dollars six months ago, interviewed him three times. I fired him one day into working at VaynerMedia. I'm like, fuck. Check your ego in the door. You're not that great at fucking hiring, but good news, nobody is something like that so what that's what i'm learning is if you have the work to do it it's don't be scared to hire people because it's especially with your first employee yeah it might be a train wreck but you're gonna learn a lot and then your second employee is gonna come around and then it's gonna be better and uh you gotta start somewhere so i wish that i would have moved out of where i was in that one that one office i wish i would have moved out two years before i Mm -hmm. did and hired somebody your first four years that's a long time Mm -hmm. yeah it was just me for four years pretty much in a one tiny little office so someone else's office too right <clears throat> yeah yeah i didn't even have my name on the door on the listing i had to tell people hey it's this suite my name's not on the door just come in like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, and so yeah. uh, uh i think a lot of things in business in general feel risky and they're not really risky mm-hmm. just kind of do it life is risky Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter how, no matter what you do. Yeah. <laughs> if, Alex Ramosi has a good, good saying. He's like, if you aren't making a million dollars, basically you're paying a tax of your income minus a million dollars every year, something like that. Am I, am I murdering that? Am I saying that no, right? He's, he's, right. he's basically saying like, if you don't know how to make a million dollars every year, you don't make a million dollars. Your, your income minus a million dollars is what you're paying every year potential tax or something like that (laughs) it's the potentialness of it yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's just a frame it's just a way to frame it but yeah (laughs) that's so true yeah 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 where can we find you uh instagram is my most popular social media currently so dos does taxes on instagram i love that name um (laughs) yeah you know, I paid the $14 to be verified because I was going to really go hard on Instagram and I haven't done anything yet. So, um, huh? <laughs> but, uh, but um, so Instagram, as far as social media goes, the best way, but you can go to my website, dosfinancial.com, and then uh, you can find all of our contact info there. You can book a meeting with us right away, which is probably the most effective way. That's just dfinc.square.site mm-hmm. and uh, book a phone call with us, 100% free just kind of see what you're needing help with and we can go from there that's been super helpful nice where in pueblo you guys located uh we're downtown pueblo we're in the vectra bank building downtown it's across from the marriott about a block and a half up from the river walk nice um so it's a pretty cool little area nice Um, i wouldn't say just swing on by uh, unless it's tax season because no one might not be there, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, right. but yeah, that's where our, our office is located. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Brad. Thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Very insightful. Um, 
Yeah, it's been great. Any other thing before we wrap it up, Mr. Andrew? I think uh, that wraps it up. Well, it's been such a great episode with you. It's been so insightful, like I said before. Hopefully we get to see you here soon, maybe for tax season. We'll come on by and and, and maybe you get a couple clients out of this as well. Um, But yeah, thank you guys. And we'll see you guys on the next one. This podcast is actually really cool. Like in all reality, we did a podcast the last 30 episodes. It's a lot of work. And our quality of production was well one fourth the camera i know that for sure you know what i mean so definitely the amount of effort that they're putting into this podcast is way more than most people know so shout out to you guys because it's 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 some effort here i respect it